I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. I hate kids. Where are we going? Home. Where's home? I have no idea. Heidi fucking ho. Chucky Talks. I am Christina Lees. And I'm Alex Vincent. Welcome to episode two, part two. Yes. Down of episode two. Give me something good to eat. Give me something good to eat. Trick or treat. You know what that meant. This is the Halloween episode. I mean, for any horror fan, you'd get excited about a Halloween episode right off the bat. Uh, and we stuck it, it in. It does right. not disappoint. No, it does not disappoint at all. Uh, from, you know, setting up great things in this story that lead to what's coming to just some of the imagery, like Chucky and a, a Hello Kitty mask. I know. It's you know, I mean, it's just so much beautiful things in this episode. I know. So let's just jump right into it because it's so fucking great. I, I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. All right. So this opens up. With a flashback. The year of my birth, by the way. I know you like signs and numbers. Birth year. Yeah, this was uh, 1965 in the city that I grew up in, Hackensack, New Jersey. My birth year, your birth city. Exactly. Um, And yeah, this is young Charles Lee Ray. I mean, we've learned this earlier, so we know who this is. He is looking through his uh, Halloween goodies. And finds an apple. I don't think anyone's ever actually gotten an apple for Halloween, but uh, <laughs> but they do. And what happens? Well, he's looking through it and he finds a razor blade in it and he notices it. He kind of pricks his finger on it. And this little boy is tempted to bite this apple. And we're like, please don't, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't, please don't. And then he thinks better of it. And we go, oh, good. Boom. And then he just bites oh. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, you know, the first jump of many in this episode. I think there's several jumps in it. But that was certainly one. That was one squeamish moment. It was. Maybe we don't know quite yet why he's looking to hurt himself. But he is. And he gets something out of this pain. You know, and when he pulls out that. That's not an uncommon uh, phenomenon. No, it's not. Um, Cutting is a thing, unfortunately. And uh, unfortunately, so. Um, but yeah, that shot is also great as it kind of pulls back and the blood just kind of drips, almost like a vampire. Like the blood just drips from his mouth. And uh, it's echoed later on in the episode, too. It is. It um, is. So this cuts right into present day. Good morning, hack and slashers. Back to 
the uh, uh, podcast, you know, Devin Evans podcast. Yeah. Um, where, you know, and, and this is shot over this beautiful autumn setting. We know it's Halloween, but but it's this beautiful autumn setting. And here we go with uh, Hack and Slash, the podcast, once again. And he mentions that it's a full moon and a full moon, there's an uptick. I mean, this is something people always been saying that full moon, under full moons, crazy things happen. Well, he's pointing that out for sure in the beginning. And they painted it, it has to be painted in that moon because it can't be, there couldn't have been one when they shot this. The moon they paint in is massive and gorgeous. Yeah. Isn't it crazy though, how sometimes the moon is like, absurdly big but there are some times where the moon is just massive i know and impossible to photograph yes always i cannot photograph it it's no you can't no matter how big it is uh this picks up on the drive to school uh jake is driving to school with junior with his aunt and uncle brie and logan yeah and you know you first of all this is another one of many of the scenes that kind of remind me of Child's Play 2, just with the lead, lead protagonist in the back seat. You know, his life has changed. He's being driven into this new life. Like, by foster like, parents. By foster parents. Uh, so certainly Child's Play 2 vibes right off the bat, as there always are. Yeah. Um, and Junior's still giving him shit. His, his father just died, and Junior's still kind of busting his balls. I'm a big junior fan. I'm sorry. I'm a big junior fan. <laughs> that's okay. You can be, but that doesn't change the fact that he's busting his balls still. Nope. Doesn't bother me for some reason. But, but you know, he's busting his balls, which is an extension of what his father does to him on a daily basis. And he's doing it right here in the car. Have you checked your protein intake? Mm -hmm. Did you take enough this week? I mean, the pressure is evident. There's pressure on this kid and he relays that pressure to Jake. And Jake and Jake feels it for him, actually. Despite getting his balls busted, he sees what's going on and actually feels bad for him, which is sweet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, mean, I think kids are, can be a little bit like dogs where um, they forgive you almost immediately. <laughs> the fight can be really intense and five seconds later, they forgot they even had it. I mean, toddlers for sure have that. Yeah, so yeah forgiveness um yeah and the kids in general because they're so savage they're so savage they, are. Just, you know, they have to be forgiving or they have no friends at all yeah yeah the slate kind of has to be cleared with <laughs> just to keep moving on in this world correct yeah yeah so they arrive at school perry middle school again there's a, a, there's a lot of shots of Jake in the car in the backseat when the parent when there's when they give him some money for lunch and stuff. There's a huge amount of cloud cover on the glass that you're looking through the glass of the car into the backseat of him with all these clouds, which just feels like a metaphor for doom. You know, this clouds like literally between us and him. Um, and I'm because nothing happens by accident in Don's world. I'm certain that cloud metaphor is intentional. Um, I'm not sure anything happens by accident in any of our worlds, but yes. No, you're on that tip right now. I'm not there. Point taken. Point taken. <laughs> but okay, so now Oliver. Yeah, Oliver, he apologizes to 
Jake. And I think, you know, from the audience perspective, we're uncertain about his motivation. Um, I'm still fairly uncertain about his motivation, even knowing what's coming, you know? I know. I was wary watching it again. Um, I was like, I watched it again almost with new eyes. And um, and yeah, I was wary. I kept, oh, please don't be mean. Please don't have to be a mean punchline to this. And yeah, yeah. Actually. Yeah. And you can tell Lexi's looking at this and Lexi's like disgusted a little bit that anyone's being nice to him. You know, he just humiliated her. Mm-hmm. The um, fuck Jake Willow with a chainsaw is, I think, very clearly a Heather's reference. Mm. You seen Heather's? I think I'm pretty Not sure it's a, a Heather's. very long time, but I have. Yeah. Oh, but that's a Heather's homage there. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Jake with a chainsaw. Help me with a chainsaw. I think that like Shannon Doherty says that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but like I didn't even look back to see if I'm right. So I could be wrong. But I feel yeah. like it's a Heather's reference. You know, Junior is also pissed. I mean, what was this Oliver reference? You know, what is this about Oliver in your phone? And and Jake threw Chucky in his eyes, also was talking about his mom. What's the secret between his mom? So Junior is none too pleased with Jake for many, many reasons yeah. at this point. Because he's still thinks that, that that was Jake being the most talented ventriloquist of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chucky. Yeah. And, and not only that, but I think Junior wants to be the one with talent in the family. You know, he wants the one who's to be the one who gets praised for doing something good. So he's uncomfortable for many, many reasons. And this is when Lexi talks about, makes the first reference to the Halloween costume that she's going to wear. Oh, you'll see. And she continues to use that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hot, uh, almost literally. Um, <laughs> so then, she, then they get in the school and Devin comes right up to him. Devin's so cute. He is. He is, and he's sweet. And you could tell he's sweet, you know? That's I what I mean. There will be a part in this, uh, you know, coming where the audience starts to question his motives. But as of now, I don't think there's the high, slightest hint of that. You know, he no. does seem very, very sincere. Yes. Yeah. And I think as an actor, these two boys are so cute. They really do um, just radiate genuine warmth for each other in the cutest way. And I, I, it's very appealing <laughs> I think there's and, and endearing uh yeah. you know to yeah. us and, and some of the other people in their lives you can tell Miss Fairchild I you know mm-hmm. uh people, people want to care about these kids including us mm-hmm. um so yeah and, and the first thing he says I've been thinking about you and Jake smiles a great smile and we've already talked about it. every time Zach smiles yeah, you know he just, really lights up the screen. He doesn't get to do it very often. Yeah, it's sadly infrequent, but yeah, it's a pretty smile. Yeah, it really, it makes you love him. It does. It does. And 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 Devin has a little revelation about himself that I'm not sure if Jake knew. Right. At this point, which is that his da- dad died. Yeah. So this is another reason why they connect. You know, his dad died when he was nine. They don't say how do they I don't think, but um yeah. he also says that his mother he's been distant sort of estranged from his mother since then that he thinks that that's because he reminds his mom of his dad 
Um, and I watched that again and I thought, wow, what, what an sort of unintentional dagger uh, for Jake though, that um, he doesn't even have a mom. His mom's already gone too, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. so. So I guess that uh, Devin is basically feeling parentless as well. Um, he is. Yeah. Uh, someone says to him, are you bringing Chucky to the party? Which I find. Devin says that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Devin says it, yeah. Are you bringing Chucky to the party? And we, which uh, you well, could tell it. Jake doesn't want to be known for the Chucky kid, really, you know, which I can relate to. But De Yeah, no shit. But Devin <laughs> says, you two really killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Nothing's nothing's an accident. You two, yeah, you two really killed. What? Do you know? Oh, at the talent show. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the cleaning lady. The next chunk is that we see a cleaning lady. Now it it seems it's kind of a given when somebody's introduced like this in a in a in, in a role that you know is tertiary at best. Uh, it's just raw meat <laughs> waiting to happen. Um, and I love that we all know that. In fact, and it's twisted that we all find some sort of glee and that we all shit. <laughs> oh shit, she's going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we know right away, and uh, and we're happy about it because you know, know. He wants to see Chucky kill people. I know. And we don't even know who she is, so we don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is that's a good one to kill early on because we have no attachment. Right. They will be killing people we're attached to, but not. They, Chucky, but yeah. And yeah, so Chucky lets out one of his laughs, a small one, and some glass breaks. So yeah, we know, oh, it's coming. So I don't know whose blood's on his face. He's doing, running around the neighborhood killing like raccoons. We don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure where the, where the drop of blood is, but you know, that's, that's something for Don. We'll ask Don. Yeah. You know, we're going to make a list of things that we just won't figure out, you know? Yeah. And we'll see how many of them he wants to answer. So we see this dishwasher uh, steam clean, open the door, it's all steamy. And he's like, first of all, I don't know how many, who has that many butcher knives or that many like giant cutting blades uh, yeah. in their house at all. But uh, I personally don't even put the forks tying side up. Like I'm afraid of cutting myself. Like you load things pointy yeah. side down. So the mother in me was like, who fucking loaded that dishwasher? Yeah. <laughs> but we know who loaded it, it was Chucky. But because um, the drawer is open and a bunch of yeah. knives are missing. But seriously, there's like 16 knives that are like carving knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. That That's what happened. I mean, Chucky took all of them and put them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Blade yeah. side up. Blade side up. Yeah. Uh, and so we know something's going to happen. We know it's coming. And we get Chucky's POV as he rushes up behind her. And sometimes, mm -hmm. like Chucky will say later, you just need a little push. Yeah, not exactly what he meant in the context he said it to Jake later, but it holds true here too. Because just a little push, and there goes the housekeeper. Boom. And a couple of times this episode, there, it, there's a rack focus thing where they pull onto the focus on the blade and you, Chucky's reflection is in the blade of the knife, which is almost... Uh, trademark for this show at this point it's, it's the post the original poster has that and they revisit it a lot they re revisit it a lot i think uh it doesn't lose its power it's always awesome it is 
And I know I can't remember the director, but I know that we'll ask Don that there's a director that uses that a lot. That was one of his inspirations to use that. Probably De Palma. That's okay. what I was going to say. I think that's who it is. De Palma's yeah. his favorite director, and it, no, it's probably De Palma. But I, again, I haven't done my research, so I don't. Yeah, yeah. that's the question for Don too. But I think so. Yeah. This goes into the title card, and we got a new one now: Pumpkins and Knives. It's Halloween and it's Chucky, so pumpkins and knives. The logos are always great. They are. All yeah. right. So here's a funny thing. I like this shot. Now we're back in the uh, in the Wheeler house, correct? Yes. And Junior walks in, and behind him we see Chucky run up the stairs, which is a cute little sneak. Yeah. Which it was Jake. We know that was Jacob. I was going to say that was Jacob, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Jacob, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just a was... confusion. Not Jake the character, Jacob the actor. Yes. Yes. Pardon my mistake. No, 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 you're right. But, it, but it, yeah, there are times, pretty much the way I've been describing it my whole life, is whenever you see the doll's full body in motion from head to toe, that's a very difficult thing. At least back then, in the '80s, that was a very difficult thing to accomplish. Like the Miss, like the Miss Kettlewell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, and, and there's a definite sort of me mechanical nature to that walk and the Miss Kettlewell, which doesn't exist when a, when a real person is doing, you know, is in costume right. and doing it. Of course. And, so yeah, right. he sneaks up there, and 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 Jake now making himself at home goes right into the fridge and says, "You want a popsicle?" And that just pisses Junior right off. Like, yeah, I know there's popsicles in there. There have been popsicles in there my whole life. <laughs> you make the dead person in the in the dishwasher who they not seen yet. Yeah, yeah. Been for me since I was three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't offer me what's already mine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of feel that. Yeah. No, me too. Uh, so it doesn't take too long though, and Jake sees first. Uh-oh. Call 911. Detective Evans is there with her partner. And here they are. Another body bag. Another dead body. Another freak accident. And Jake has a front row seat once again. Mm -hmm. So, I and then they start talking about, you know, she was a part of the family. Brie is, uh, Brie Lexa is very, very funny in this. If you I ask, the dialogue is so funny. But yeah, she's like, Oh, she was a part of the family. Oh, really? What was her family's name? Oh, I don't know. Where, where is she from? I don't know. It happens. It's a, it happens. As does falling on knives, apparently, which they say in the scene, too, that it had happened in Vancouver like nine months before. It um, did. And, and I talked to Don about that, or he mentioned it to us, that that's, that happened. I mean, this really happened. Yeah. I did a little bit of research on it, and uh, I, I think maybe, I don't know whether he he... He probably knows better because he did more research than me. But there was a couple incidences like this. Incidents. Yeah. There was one in 2001, a man in Vancouver. There was a woman in Scotland in 2003. Like, this really happens, believe it or not. I, well, I believe it. I actually, in, in, in other knife news, having watched Dexter at your uh, behest, yeah. um, the whole, the, the guy, that, that was it John Lithgow that would cut the thigh, that thigh yes. thing? Yeah, the Trinity killer. Yeah, um, 
that's true. You cut that vein, you die in like three minutes. And people, there's stories of the people like they're cutting cucumbers and like the life slipped and hit that vein and they, they you bleed out almost immediately. It's crazy. I, that, so that was true. I actually researched that because I watched it in the, in the show and I was like curious about it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and they're, they're getting suspicious. I think, I think Detective Evans is giving Jake a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt than her partner is. Her partner doesn't maybe have the connection you know that that she kind of i mean she doesn't really know the what's going on with her son and him but she does know jake and she knows that he lost both his mother and his father and she does have sympathy for him she's a good person there's no doubt yeah um but yeah her her uh, partner is like it could be a freak accident or just one little push right so the ambulance pulls off uh now with another body in it and trick-or-treaters start to fill the road because it's getting closer to evening now on Halloween and that's mm-hmm. what they do. Yep. Uh, but Jake, now left alone with Chucky, comes in the room hot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, he knows or he assumes Chucky may try to work his way out of it, but Jake's no dummy. Yeah, I have to interject here too that Jake gets to say the fu- say fuck like three times. I think in this scene, like get fucked with that and fuck you and go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like the last season, I it was like how many fucking Chuckies are there? I had to say how many freaking Chuckies. I had to say freaking. <laughs> they say fuck all the time they wanted to. It's well, not fair. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many fucks to give. I know, but I will honor the fucks because I give a fuck. <laughs> Well, they were all out of fucks to give. Yes. Yes. There's a finite number of fucks. And there is. I didn't make the cut. <laughs> Not that time. It's ironic because I use all the fucks all the yeah. time. Um, when I, I love that when he walks in there, Chucky's reading his journal. Too. <laughs> I know. Chucky's just sitting there reading his journal. It's Devin, 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 Devin. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's great. And he doesn't mess around. He's like, I swear to God, I did not kill the babysitter. I didn't kill the babysitter. Or the housekeeper. Yeah. I'm yeah, your friend to the end. That's what he says, too. He says, I didn't kill the babysitter. I'm your friend to the end. And then Jake, oh, get fucked with that shit. I'm not six years old. Yeah. Which I won't take the offense to that, <laughs> even though that was a direct shot at Andy. Well, you were six years old. He was six years old. That was no. Andy. I know. I'm just teasing. But I love that that's that literal and so intentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Get fucked with that shit. I'm not six years old. Grabs, grabs the journal away from him. Devin, Devin, Devin. And then this is a big line that a lot of people were very happy to hear Chucky say, if for no other reason than referencing characters that they miss, let alone the good reason why he said it. You know, I have a queer kid, gender fluid. I'm not a monster, Jake. And you're cool with that, says Jake? Yeah, I'm yeah. not a monster. So we realize here a little bit more, I think we realize a little more and more as this is happening, that Chucky's goal is to get Jake to kill. We don't know why. I don't know but why, he but he does seem to have that be on his agenda. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And poor, and poor Jake really is getting teed up for it. Like, this is how kids 
end up doing tragic things. Kids do tragic things all the time in this country, unfortunately. Um, but being bullied is a big part of why those things happen. Um, also feeling rudderless, uh, losing both your parents, um, feeling responsible for your, well, also, which he does because of Chucky. He knows who killed his dad. Um, that's a lot. Like, I don't think your average 13 year old could uh, buck up under that pressure. So it's, he really has a, um, a soft target with Jake, I think. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, like any master manipulators, he knows what buttons to push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chucky is a master manipulator. He is. And he says some, some people deserve to die. Which, you know, I'm, I'm actually not a death penalty person. Um, Neither am I. Some people do deserve to die. I just don't believe in the death penalty. It's not our job to kill them. They do deserve to die. Um, just there's genuinely evil people in the world. So Yeah. But he's still trying to sell this narrative to him that I didn't do this. I didn't kill the babysitter. Right. Accidents happen, Jake, more often than one would think. Right. Especially more than a supernatural doll coming to life and killing somebody. That's just basic math. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Which is great. It is. Uh, And then he makes a good point. He says, remember, I could have killed anybody these past couple days, including you. Yeah. So, yeah, he's trying to convince Jake that he's here to help. And, yeah, and Lexi is the first sort of villain... His dad's a villain, Lexi's a villain. Like so far, Ch- Chucky doesn't seem to uh, take on um, innocent victims, um, which is why he needs to convince Jake that he didn't kill the housekeeper. Just people that deserve to die, he kills, which we know isn't the truth. He's gonna kill indiscriminately, but. Uh... Okay, so this goes to Junior, who hears his parents fighting downstairs. Another very obvious Child's Play 2 homage. Obvious to us, we're in the movie. But but obvious should be obvious to anyone who pays attention. I see your little face at the door, and when you're peeking out the door from the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what's going on. They're talking about him, and and he's overhearing. He's listening. Mm -hmm. He's spying, and they're saying the same kind of thing. Junior's hearing. Junior's hearing them talk about Jake, though. Right. You have been talking about you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He, but the yeah. message is still kind of the same. Are we even qualified to look after a boy like this? Correct. I also love that Brie uh, always has a gigantic glass of wine in her hand. Like, <laughs> like this much bigger than mine. It's always, she always has a giant glass of wine in her hand, which I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate that uh, uh, Lexi always has a joint. You see? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and, and while Junior's spying on his parents, Jake is spying on Junior. So it's like a, it's like a double eavesdropping. It is. And so, um, at the end of which, um, Jake goes back into his room and Junior's coming out, uh, having just taken a shower or something or he's in a robe. Yeah. And he hears talking inside the room. And for me, when he thinks just Jake is in there, but he's hearing two voices talk, for me, that is a, I don't know if this is intentional, but <laughs> what I, for me, it evoked the exorcist and 
hearing in the room multiple voices when just Reagan's in there, but you're hearing other voices talking. That movie is my favorite horror movie of all time. And I think it's genuinely the most terrifying thing ever put on film. Yeah. And hearing, I also, you don't know this about me, but um, from when I was like three to 13, I lived in a triple decker in Boston and um, we were on the third floor and the second floor was a schizophrenic woman who would talk to herself and beat herself up and hit herself and fight and she's home alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that sort of schizophrenia and that it's, it's sort of really um, rooted in my childhood and, and just genuine terror. So um, he hears the voices and I don't think he's as freaked out as he should be. Like he should be like, okay, what's going on in there? You know, cup to the wall. But he like listens and sort of moves off. And then we hear Jake or somebody get punched. Yes. And there's that good sound effect in there of a punch right to the face, which we yep. know it's to the face because we see the results of it later. Yes. But, but yeah, that's funny that, that, you know, they're arguing and Chucky punches him in the face. That just <laughs> makes me laugh. That's just really funny. He landed it well, too. Yeah. He, he already just... slapped him once at the end of last episode. Now he oh. punches him in the face. And I think later he says, I'll never do that to you again. Or something like that. He does. Uh, he does. We'll get to there in a second, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so now we're in the mayor's house. And they're in this poofery, um, like, you know, Marie Antoinette sort of era costumes, which mm-hmm. are funny always to me oh yeah yeah and it, it, it I, you know the first thing i thought was like nathan's really just going along with the costume that his wife wants him in <laughs> you know yeah that's yeah. the way i saw it even though he's going to be honored uh, as the first uh, first first the first first husband yeah and he's excited about that he feels proud about that i'm not saying that he doesn't but you just know that she's, you know, kind of pants, despite that she's wearing a dress. She is. she is, despite the fact that neither of them are, I think, in this scene. But no, that they, they are. They're tights or whatever it is. Yes. So, so Caroline has drawn quite a spectacular Chucky from memory. From memory, and it is genuinely good. Oh yeah. And Lexi's just like not having any of it. Like she's so talented. Yeah, it's the last thing Lexi wants to hear because she doesn't feel like anyone recognizes anything good in her, including herself at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and, and the mayor lays it on real thick to her and says, you've never done anything this good in your entire life. You don't have any. You've never been this good at anything in your entire life. Yeah. He's wildly harsh. And he calls her on that. Um, the husband calls her on that, but, um, but they're suggesting that they get her the doll, they get her. And she's like, you you realize the doll belongs to Jake. Yeah. Caroline's not scared of Chucky, except for that. Maybe he won't like her. Oh, right. That. That's what scares her. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Not Chucky himself. Yeah. And, and the bully of all bullies, Lexi says, don't you see how he's bullying me? Which is often the case, you know, you blame people of what you're most guilty for. Yeah. So. It's one to no one, that's what that comes from. Yeah. 
And 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 Lexi is just still funny. She's she's she starts off funny in the show. She's funny for most of it. And and of course, Ali's deliveries are so great. But yeah, when when uh, she shows, she says, "Look at this." Lexi's just like it's hideous. <laughs> she just can't yeah. be happy for her sister. No, and you're not going to the party either, you little wench. You're going to stay home to take care of your sister and bond. She's like, bond? She doesn't even like to be touched. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did, did she, oh, she bring, did she bring, did she bring her to the party? Or did she leave her home Caroline? with Jack? Yeah. Just watch it. She has to bring, yeah, she brings her to the party. Okay. She All brings right. you. Or is this, or is the party that takes, no, it's at Oliver's house. Yes, she brings Caroline. She has no choice. She's watching yeah. Caroline. Right. But she's got to do. If she wants to go to the party, she's got to bring her. She knows right. she just put her in front of some video games or something. It'll be fine. Which is what she does. So now we cut to Devin's room. And I, this, I would like to comment, because I last time I commented so much on the quality of, Z, of Jake's room, Jake's room with the, with the lamp game being so yeah. strong. The poster game in Devin's room is very strong. It's very much along these lines. It's a film noir like festival in his bedroom. Yeah. Right down to like film noir like Venetian blinds, which are a staple in, in noir uh, filmography. Uh, but like literally, I've got a noir poster in my kitchen. Um, so very, very pleased with the uh, decor in Devin's room. And his mom comes in to ask him questions. And he, I, got, I got the distinct impression the primary goal of her questioning was to have him come out, come out to her. Yes, I agree. I, but I think she's certainly letting him take his time. She just wants to slowly hint to him that, you know, if you have something to talk about, talk to me. Hey, how's Jake? What's a, how's your friend Jake? Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't, it sort of, it sort of doesn't marry his description of their relationship earlier in the episode she seems very warm and very concerned that no that doesn't mean his take on it is not potentially off when little kids read what adults do incorrectly all the time Um, but she seems very invested in him and very interested in him I think she's invested for more than one reason too she's invested out of protection for her son who she's worried about with Jake but I think also to try to get a better understanding of Jake how bad was his father beating him? Why? What's the reason? Right. You know, do you know something that I don't know yet? And she stands up at one point and one of the posters behind her says, her love knew no bounds. Literally, she walks past a poster that says her love knew no bounds, which I think is, again, intentional and intentional really awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and as soon as she leaves... He goes to texting Jake right away. Yeah. So now it's it's uh, it's Halloween and it's a full moon. And big fat fucker too, a big old thing. It's great. Yeah. And Jake says he can't make it. He doesn't want to go to the party. And Devin tries to convince him. Devin says, "Please come." Yeah. Which is such a vulnerable thing to do for anybody, let alone a thirteen-year-old boy. So really vulnerable on the part of Devin. And if Jake weren't negotiating how to deal with a supernaturally possessed killer doll, he'd be there. Yeah. You know, he'd be there. He, he, I don't think he's afraid to face his bullies. He's more afraid of the unknown of what's going to happen here with Chucky. Right. 
Right. And the, and the, the, the mayhem that is inevitably going to befall his community. Absolutely. So now we're seeing um, Junior heading to the party and he's basically dresses his father. Um, again, Bree has a gigantic glass of wine, but I think if I'm not mistaken, it's empty, which drove me crazy the whole time. Just holding a giant empty glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's massive and there doesn't appear to be any wine in it at all. Yeah. Um, so cut, cut to um, Junior's headed into the party. He's dressed as his dad. His dad's very pleased with it. He's wearing his dad's medals and they're all, he's happy, happy, proud of his son. And I have to think that on some level, Junior's making fun of his father by wearing that outfit. Oh yeah. Um, but they, Bree's like, well, what about Jake? You're bringing Jake. And he's like, nah, my Uber's here. And he goes out the door and they call Jake. I go, Jake, your Uber's here, which really is unfair. Cause in fact, we already know Junior's taking off in the Uber. There is no Uber there for Jake. <laughs> Junior's in it and gone. Yeah. Uh, and Jake comes down with a black eye. And they go, oh, it looks so convincing. It's really great black eye. What are you going as? And he says, a victim of circumstances. And, and then Logan goes, that's great, Jake. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> yeah. Stop the Uber the juniors and like, a victim of circumstances. That's great, Jake. Like, not listening at all. And I, li- I literally laughed out loud with that. Well, that's great, Jake. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's true, though, because, yeah, he's in his own kind of world and, thinking about his you know junior who is things revolve around to and him but really it's himself he's really a very you know this is what this is what junior will learn later on right but it's never really been about him no it's it's well i think it's well intended but the man is self-involved so and if i could interject as as you know someone who had a scene inside junior's bedroom uh i looked at all i looked at all the medals and stuff that were there this is how accurate the show is. They're all from like towns and the counties near Hackensack where I grew up. Things no one will ever see. Mm-hmm. Like and it mm-hmm. says Bergen County, all-star, whatever. You know, like it's that's amazing. The, the amount of detail is amazing. Like in the um, Teo and, and uh, Lexa interview where they talked about the Filipino food in the table. None of us as an audience noticed what they were eating, but it was Filipino food. Absolutely. Filipino food, Yeah. And then speaking of Uber drivers, as they pull off together, who is that Uber driver? Could it be? Could it be Don Mancini himself? It sure is. is. It sure is. That's great. This is, I'm very happy that he uh, did that. Alfred himself. It's so fun. Yeah, I'm so happy. You know Alfred Hitchcock's in every, in all of his movies, right? Just like. Oh, yeah somewhere it's a great thing so yeah yeah hopefully he continues to do that he should do that with all different makeup and stuff and like really no he's himself so you know it's dawn alfred hitchcock wasn't masquerading as somebody else he was alfred hitchcock that's That's true that's true you had to spot so then at any rate so the jake is not going to go to the party after all he goes back upstairs comes flying back down again oh my god chucky's gone where's chucky where's chucky chucky is gone yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which is always a great cut. There's great cuts throughout. You know, you know when they're coming, kind of, you could sense it, especially the more familiar you are with the writing. But yeah, that, that was a great spot for one. Chucky, he's gone. <gasps> yeah. And then we open on Hello Kitty Chucky. Yeah, instantly iconic. 
uh, instant, you know, everyone who saw this was like, no, they didn't, you know, just because it's so great. Like, and somebody gave me a really great um, Hello Kitty mask made of like flat, like a nicely beautiful Hello Kitty mask that would be the type that Chucky would wear, the right size and everything. Yeah. Uh, Someone gave me at a convention about 10 years ago a Hello Kitty that was designed like Chucky. Oh, I have that too. That's a good guy, Japan, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think it's good guy, Japan. I got one of those too. But I have just the mask. In fact, uh, I'll fetch it in a bit. Um, but here we go. So what's happening now? Well, he's walking um, down the street. Chucky's walking down the street with his Hello Kitty mask and his bag of treats. And he's kind of giggling to himself, which cracks me up. And we see Jake running behind him looking for him. You know, he's looking, but now Chucky's kind of blending in with all these other kids that are uh, out trick-or-treating. And that's how he's, that's his disguise. That's his hiding in plain sight is. Right. But how can you hide from Jake in that outfit? Jake knows to look for the, the striped shirt and the denim overalls. Uh, he was just beyond his reach. <laughs> Nearsighted or whatever it is. All right. It's night. It's night. Yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah. So he arrives at this woman's house. Uh, first, these kids <laughs> first these kids show up and they're like trick or treat and they're older. It reminded me of that episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm with the kids that were too old to be trick or treating. And then they get the trick, the trick in the long run. Larry right. does. But uh yeah, she's got a great line. She's like, what are you kids doing? When I was your age, I was just getting high or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was high as a kite. I was high as a kite. It's a, it's a yin-yang because she calls one like two, you're too old to be doing it and you're too young to be going to a party. Like she's got, she's got a comment about everybody's age and what they're up yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, Brad's child's Chucky voice is so funny to me. It's so funny. I'm looking for a party. It's just so great. It's so funny. And he drops into the full Brad voice at some point, and she never notices like a three-year-old. <laughs> Why is it something just that little? It's obviously like a three-year-old without parents, and also has the voice of Brad Dorf ultimately. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Chucky says, uh, if you tell me what I need to know, you'll get a treat. Otherwise, you'll get a trick. Or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't even notice the voice, the the, the decibel, I mean, the, uh, the octave drop, but whatever. Yeah, it gets increasingly sinister. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And so she gives it up. She gives the address. She yep. knows. She knows and what she, the party is. And she gets a treat, too. What does she get? She gets the apple from the beginning. Not the same one from 1965. I don't think he's kept it that long. Oh, he ate that one. No, but... Uh, yeah, she gets she gets the trick, all right. She gets a a razor blade laced apple. She does. All right, so they go to this party now in this giant mansion. It's like it's like the Playboy Mansion or something. It's like Aaron Spelling's house, and I, I maybe I'm an old lady, but these kids are crazy for thirteen. They're drinking. They they got beer. They're smoking weed. They're like not just having like you know spin the bottle level like makeup things but like later on we'll see it we'll get to it but like this is the most mature crew of 13 year olds i've ever met in my life and that could be accurate 
I don't have children, so it just horrifies me. I feel bad for parents of 13-year-olds. That's what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on these days. I could tell you, yeah, we certainly didn't have the money or the means, but the activities are kind of pretty close to what we were doing around 13, 14 years old in Hackensack, by the way. College-level party. Yeah, it kind of was. They kind of were. And that was even all the way back then. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sheltered. I do think it's interesting though, just to back up to what we just said about the apple. Uh, don't take the apple. Don't bite the apple. I know. I see Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, the original, you know, origin of sin. Yeah. Biting the apple. Yeah. Clearly, clearly not uh, missed for Dawn. I'm sure that's also intentional. Absolutely. No, absolutely it is. And, uh, and yeah, so they're at the party here. Lexi's doing one of her favorite things, smoking a joint, which, uh, you know, it happens. Uh, offers Junior a joint. He says, no, I can't. You know I can't, I think he says. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying yeah. to be a Zack star and yeah, it's a wrestling star or something, isn't it? Is it track or wrestling? What is it? I think it's track. Yeah, it's track. Um, but, you know, this shows, first of all, how perceptive and how smart Lexi is and how manipulative. She knows exactly what to dig in with him. She yeah, knows. She knows his daddy issues and she yeah. exploits them. Yes. Um She's rather aggressive here. She's telling him that he doesn't know how to make out, doesn't know how to do whatever progresses beyond just making out. I don't want to put, I can't even imagine what these kids are up to. It's scandalizing me. But to be mocked for every effort you make and to be like, that's wrong, that's wrong. He's like, well, tell me how to do it. You should know how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My God, that's castrating. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And but she's funny about it, as she always is. You know, yes. she she, yes. she knows a joke that others don't know. Yeah, it's kind of very, very much in her personality, I think. But maybe it's just, you know, an overabundance of self-confidence that she doesn't really feel. And it's just how she presents herself. But well, bravado goes a long way. Like, it I, I bravado, It's gotten me a long way. I, le- I learned how to do it young. I learned how to pretend that I was tough very young when I was wildly not tough. And now everyone thinks I'm tough when I'm not. I'm like the Fonz, like the the legend of the fight that I was in that didn't even happen. But now no one will fight me because they think I won some fight 30 years ago and annihilated somebody. In fact, I'm just a marshmallow. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she's she's very mocking to, to Junior, especially when Junior's trying to show any kind of emotion to her at all. You know? And he really does. He's really vulnerable to hear her here. He he's like, okay, I'll catch. She's like, oh, you'll catch me when I follow my hero. And he's like, well, would you catch me? And she doesn't even. She, what do you think? Yeah. He says, uh, probably not. Why not? Yeah, great delivery. He's right, and it's really great delivery. It's it's really great delivery because it could have been. It's such a vulnerable delivery, and I I think. It's heartbreaking. I think maybe all because Junior, Junior, despite being a dick to Jake here and there, is really a good kid. Like he, he's got a moral compass that's evident, and um, yeah, which I think is a great setup for how the show goes on without giving anything away yet. But yeah, I agree. 
to have then, that to have that kid lose it is going to be a lot because he's really sort of grounded despite his father's bullying yeah but i do love that that she says uh you know well june june she starts calling him what his family calls her yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm sorry she starts calling him what his family calls him right okay june june come to daddy which is too creepy for me i know it is <laughs> but it just shows her our exceptional maturity and immaturity uh, in a sense because it's yeah. not not fair way to treat people but it's you know she's perceptive she's very perceptive she's yeah she's clever yeah so now jake arrives at the party and he's looking for lexi he's looking for lexi at this point because he wants to save her from chucky he doesn't think chucky should be killing her at this point in my opinion huh no he does i agree with you he doesn't yeah he doesn't. Um, but so Jake shows up to this party. The party's really ha happening now. The song that's playing is a song called Modern Fears by Electric Youth. Uh, and I like some of the lyrics in that. You might shed some tears, but these modern fears won't hold you down. And oh, it might some take some years, but these modern fears won't be around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, asks, Jake goes right to Oliver and asks, where's Lexi? Why and, do you care? Yeah, why do you care? And they pull a fast one on him and lock him in the closet with Devin. We used to play that. I mean, we didn't, I, I didn't, but it was a thing when I was young, seven minutes in heaven. Yeah. But this is a horror show. So it's seven minutes in hell, of course. It says hell on the door, indeed. Yeah, it says hell on the door. Uh. And so now they're locked in there together. And this cuts to another iconic image of this episode, if you ask me. Caroline and Chucky sitting there playing video games. A lot of fans that were asking what video game that is. Is that a game that we can play? And I don't know a definite answer, maybe another question for Don, but I don't think so. I don't think that's a real video game. I think I imagine not. It probably costs yeah. a lot to use a real game. Why not make yeah. a fake one? It sounds like it would cost a lot to make a fake one too, but not that couple frames of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but... I guess. Yeah. There's scoring in this scene, and it's scoring from Curse of Chucky. Joseph Laduca. The name of this particular track is called Under His Spell, which is fitting. I love this scene a yeah, lot. Me too. me too. Great dialogue. Killing is good, clean, fun for the whole family. Mommy says real killing is bad. Well, mommy's full of shit, which was so great in the commercial. That's really got a good laugh in the original trailer. You know, mommy's full of shit. And then they cut out. It's great. It's always better when you hear the full word, but it works well in the commercial too. Yeah. So now I cut back to um, Junior and Lexi on the bed, which is also a fun scene because Chucky's underneath the bed, stabbing up to try to kill her. And everywhere he stabs, she just rolls off. She just yeah, yeah. dodges these knives uh, perfectly. It's, it's uh, an awesome dance. A lot of jumps, a lot of jumps for the audience there too. Like, oh, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. And uh, at one point, right when she's laying and about to get hit, someone opens the door, they both sit up in the bed 
and she dodges it again. It's really it's awesome choreography. Just in time. Just in time. Yep, it's great. And and then she says another funny thing there too. Some of her great lines, and and Junior being as sensitive as he is says, "Well, we can hug." We can hug? What are you, my mom? <laughs> yes, and also, I like to be hugged. I yeah. like, is a Chucky line too, so. Of course, it's of course. So layered Especially since knowing what's to come with Junior. Yes. That Junior likes to be hugged. <laughs> yes. It's great. So finally, Jake and Devin are let out of the closet, which is perhaps a metaphor also. Mm-hmm. But they're let out of the closet and they're walking into the main room. The song playing at that time is a song called Fate by Boy, Boy Harsher. And it's really just good electronic music. There's a lot of good electronic music in this show and in this episode. But this reveals her Halloween costume. And, you know, if we get a chance to talk to Allie, which I'm hoping that we will, um, so it's something I definitely want to talk to her about the amount of hate that was built for this character, especially in this scene up until this point, she's been a bit of a bully. She's kind of a wise ass. She's funny. We know that she's got not the best intentions, but this has taken it to an entire another level. This is dressing up like Jake's dead father, like his father dying. So she's doing even like mimicking like the being electrocuted thing. Um, it's cruelty on a level that uh, I think few people could actually pull off. Like you might jokingly think you're doing something that mean to somebody you hate, but then when it comes down to doing it, you don't. And she even has a moment he comes out and he sees her and he's crying. It's a great scene. It's a great acting scene for Zach. He really, he's devastated and it's evident. Um, And Devin doesn't know what's happening. Devin doesn't know what he's seeing in front of him. And, and Lexi sees him and makes eye contact for half a second and almost, ha- like almost, you see her have a twinge of, this is fucked up. And then she goes right back to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she she's, there's some kind of heart in there, which is a little bit of a foreshadow for what's to come, but we can't feel it at the moment, really. Um, but yeah, she pauses for a second, like, is this right? But she's more concerned with her image and making people laugh, even if it's in a horrible way. And that's that's right. really at the uh, at the heart of bullying. It's for attention for themselves. And from insecurity. So, Absolutely. yeah. And I, I think that at a certain point, I think I think until 13-year-old 13 13-year-old 13 girls, having been one myself, are among the meanest people on earth because they think they know everything. Um, I was definitely, I was not mean to other people. I was really mean to my mom. I mean, fucking relentlessly mean. And yeah. I'm not a mean person, but 13, I was psychotic. And um, it's like toddlers are sociopaths. They just, it's all about them, like to the, to like a serial, serial killer level of self-absorption which is a survival mechanism for two-year-olds. Um, and at 13, you're supposed to start separating from your parents. That that sort of contempt for your parents is meant to get you out of the nest. It's, it's, it's a thing built into us as mammals, not even society. You know, it's something that's unavoidable and it's actually a good sign. 
your 13 year old daughter's a douchebag. <laughs> Yeah. But, but wow, are they good at it? And she's really awesomely mean in this. And, and I then, think it's interesting that, you know, Jake kind of showed up to this party originally to maybe protect her from Chucky. Right. Then this happens. Right. And he gives up on protecting her. He walks out and he's about to leave. And he decides to go back in because of how much rage he feels over what just happened. She wants right. to hurt. I'll show her what hurt is. Right. Which is great. Yeah. Cut to that neighbor, the trick-or-treater neighbor, who is now mimicking uh, the early opening sequence of uh, Charles Lee Ray with the blood coming out of his mouth. She's got like a, a hose of blood in the back of her throat. She's just... She's just fountain of blood keeps she she should faint from the loss of blood she has in the scene trying to describe the little redhead in overalls that, that gave her an apple with a razor in it there's yeah. so much blood in that scene it's comical <laughs> well it's good we need a lot of blood sometimes i mean your your head bleeds a lot you know mouths bleed a lot but it's 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 hilarious how much blood she's, well, well, she's choking on <laughs> yeah she's great too that the actress did a great yeah job she is great and it's a funny scene and she just grabs Chucky and said he had a good guy's uh, good guy's overalls on. Which does spark her attention, uh, Detective yes. Evans. I think, you know, like so many other characters in the history of this franchise, no matter how obvious something is in front of you, you don't want to believe that a doll has come to life. Nobody could believe it. No, it couldn't possibly be true. Exactly. But... She also didn't not notice that they're describing this doll. Chucky, they're describing the doll for sure, and she definitely yeah. gets that. Yeah. Now I got one problem. We go back to Oliver's now, and Lexi is there um, talking to Caroline and trying to get her away from the video game. She's out of the um, Lucas Lucas costume, Logan and Lucas. Yeah. Uh, her hair is perfect. Her makeup is perfect. <laughs> she took off the fake beard, took off the wiry hair, and now she's back to perfect uh, Lexi, yeah. which cracks me up. Um, at it. She moves quick. So just as Lexi is trying to get out of there with Caroline, Jake comes in hot, angry, full of rage, ready to just do something to her. And then he sees Chucky with a knife right behind her. And this is the heart that's in Jake that Chucky wants to ignore and Jake is trying to discover. He wants to, as much as he wants to hurt her in that moment, he warns her. Yeah. He came in angry, ready to do something about this. Right. He sees Chucky with a knife and he tries to warn her, you know, shouts oh. Chucky yeah. or whatever he says. He shouts, no. And Chucky goes back to like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, he goes back to his uh, camouflage. Yeah, doll mode. So, right. And Chucky and Jake picks up the doll and runs out with it. And now it picks up back in Jake's new room with Chucky sitting there on opposite ends of the, um, I think they're on opposite ends of the, the room. No, they're on two beds across from each other. That, that round window between them. Yeah, exactly. And you could tell Jake is just very restless. He's tormented by what happened. Um, and Chucky's there to push it a little bit further. Give him that little push that yep. 
that uh, Chucky thinks he needs to make him a killer. Right. And Chucky says, so sorry about your eye, kid. I won't do that again. And Jake says, yeah, I've heard that before. Referencing his father, no doubt. And the physical abuse at the hand of his father. So he's not a person to believe these sort of, you know, thin apologies. No, but Chucky, it repeats again, you know, some people deserve to die. One thing that I noticed about this after this episode and watching reactions of fans and stuff, this, what she did at this party really, really upset people as the audience. And they mm-hmm. wanted her to die mm-hmm. for this. Even though this is a 13-year-old girl who's going to make mistakes, she's young. She's it's also a Chucky show, so, you know. You it's a Chucky show, so that's why you root for it. But I think... But I think Chucky's point of you just need a push. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is a show. Obviously, they know that the actress isn't dying and you're living in that world. Right. But as the audience pushed, Chucky's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, the World Series of Slaughter is a great, a great phrase. But they switched um, it. Yeah. The Super Bowl. Oh. In the original thing that we saw and in the original trailer it said it's the world series of slaughter and they switched it to super bowl oh, i'm uh i still hear the world series even though i watched it again yesterday i still hear world series it's, it's tattooed on my brain that way yeah yeah that's a question for don too why they made that jump from world series to the super bowl of slaughter it's killer be killed the word Super Bowl is actually trademarked. You can't have a Super Bowl party. Like, you know, you can't have in Vegas, they can't have a Super Bowl party because Super Bowl is trademarked. They had to pay for the right to call it a Super Bowl party. So I can't imagine that the World, World Series must have cost more than Super Bowl. So. I guess so, yeah. Um, but he says, yeah, man up, man up, or kill her before she kills you. Yeah. Um, and he says, I don't think I can do it. Yeah, and, and he invokes again the, they're all laughing at you. Yeah. Man up, they're laughing at you. Man the fuck up. Yeah. Which is yeah, just well, yeah. kind of just what Lexi wanted, was him to be laughed at, you well, know? Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. And, then we, and then we go to another one of those great Chucky's face in the blade of a knife reflections, which... A really great shot. It shows Chucky in the reflection and then a little tilt and it shows Jake in the reflection, which is Mm -hmm. just brilliantly done and beautiful. And one of those, one of those happy surprises as someone who did read the script and was on set, but didn't remember that was coming. Yeah. You know, one of those beautiful things that, that Don does. And that's that. And that's that for this one. Episode two. I'll tell you when I first watched the one, I'm you know, I had such a an experience watching the pilot. By the second one, I'm just kind of watching it like, oh, I hope it's as good as the first one, which it was. I really think they get better and better and better. They do. And episode three. Episode three, which we'll talk about in episode three, part two, the breakdown of episode three. Uh there was a moment in that episode where i realized not only is this show great it's magnificent yeah um and it was just an energy a tone shift that really was awesome and i can't wait to talk about that one all right well thanks christine i will talk to you soon
All right. Take care. Thank you, you guys everybody. All next week. See you next yeah. Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.